The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome on into another edition of the Full Court Press. Eric Franson and the ringmaster across the way. Good to have you here in studio today. It's good to be in studio. Like, we didn't have you in studio Friday. Were you, like, looking at uh, rings? Like, the, you have the mask. Were you looking for, like, a cape? No, so part of my Tights. costume, part of my costume, well, I'm not going to go with tight. I'm going to go with a Speedo. It's it's bright red. It's awesome. Oh. Um, but Let, Less to hold on to and grapple with. But, like, my secret weapon is going to be my six Super Bowl championship Patriot rings, which I bought online for a lot of money. Um, They're a little bit small, but they'll fit. And those are going to be my secret weapon. <laughs> and I'm going to call it the Tom Brady, where I just take all six rings and I just knock you out. You know, if you punched me with six rings... I don't know where he put the sixth one. I mean, he two on the middle finger. Just fuse two of them together. The, the middle finger says special <laughs> finger for a lot of reasons. It's just a two. So you, <laughs> I just knock you out with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, your Thanksgiving was uh, your post Thanksgiving was good though. I know we chatted Friday. By the way, when I called you Saturday, and I started off the phone call the way I did, were you like, oh no? Oh, oh no. What did you do? You're going to be mad at me. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to be pissed. Oh. It's it worked out great. It's all good. It worked out great. Big thanks to them, by the way. That was that was awesome. Yeah, I, I love that place. They're good peeps. Oh, man, that's a trusted place now to go for all my needs in that regard. Um, yeah, that Mel Pharmacy place that we were talking about? Yeah, well, I mean, you picked me up a couple of, like, <laughs> no, off-the-counter pills. That's not what it was. <laughs> yes, it was. That's not what You it didn't was. taste them, did you? You didn't swallow those things, did you? They were vitamins. That's what it says. But, Eric, I what gave it you vitamins. what they were is Because you had totally been in quarantine. I wanted to make sure I helped Ajay's immune system oh, stay strong. Oh, you definitely helped the system. That's for dang sure. <laughs> so, don't. You didn't swallow those things. I did. You don't know what it was like. The post-swallowing. <laughs> that could be taken so many different ways. I don't want to go there. Hey, uh, Look, I want I want to know what uh, what came. I think we talked about this on Friday, and and we're gonna get into Frank Miley's presser here later on. Um, he made a very impromptu statement after our presser was done. We thought it was done. Um, Al actually had a question after, but uh, he was able to ask it. Uh, he had some comments on Jalen Warren, who is now entered the transfer portal. Uh, I've been told the school he's going to. I'm not allowed to say it on air. But it, the school that he would be going to is massively loaded at his position with backs that are about, I'd say, three to four times better than him. Like, the last back on that depth chart is probably where Jalen Warren level is. Uh, okay, so this is now the fourth player yeah. that we know of. Yeah, that's that, put his name in the transfer portal. There may be others. I don't know. It's the fifth player now that's off the team since the season began. How much of this is there was a coaching change, uh, and I understand if there's a coaching change, this isn't the head coach that 
recruited you here and there's some turmoil. But it's not like Frank Miley came out of nowhere. He's been on the staff for a long time. Well, and I think Frank tells the kids, right, like after after all this, you know, I'm going to transfer, I'm going to go into the portal, I want to go play here, I want to go play here. I think Frank just goes to the team and says, look, if you want to be here, stay. If you want to go, grab your stuff and go. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to make a fuss out of it. If you want to go, grab your stuff, pack it up, and head out that door. There's the exit sign. Good luck to you in the future. But we aren't going to sit here and have this team that's been going through pure hell for the past, man, I'm not going to say four weeks. I'm going to say like six months. Yeah. And then turn around and say, you know what? It's okay if you sit on the fence for the next two weeks. We can we can handle it. No. He wants players who want to be here and that are committed for the final two weeks of the season. But Frank Miley doesn't have time to, to, to babysit. Yeah, to play little girl games. People who have pouting attitudes. No. Uh, so what I'm getting to is how much of this is just there's a coaching change. It's just a lot of weirdness going on. And these guys loved Gary Anderson. They didn't like that he was gone. And so they're saying, you know what? I don't like what's going on here. I'm going to leave Utah State University. And how much of it is other schools in other areas being opportunistic, saying, hey, now that's that's a weird deal. You don't know what next year's going to look like there at that school. Why don't you come play for us? 70, we'll, we'll find a place for you. 70-30. From what I've been told, 70-30. Like, On the latter? Uh, sorry, former. So 70% is... They, they're upset about the Gary Anderson decision. They're upset about where the university, or I guess where the football team is heading in the direction right now, and that some players just aren't going to be patient enough to say, you know, let me, let me come see what happens next year. I mean, I mean, you got to remember, and these kids, I think, are forgetting this too. Like, you not only had COVID cancel your fall camp and everything, but you, then you had your previous head coach bring in a quarterback who shouldn't have been a quarterback for this team in the first place, made another kid who should have been your starting quarterback transfer to Texas Tech, um, then your head coach, who was your head coach, decides to quit. Then your quarterback, that was your quarterback, was kicked off the team um, due to, well, I don't even know what it's due to now. I have no idea. Originally, it was, we were all told, violation of team rules. And then you, and then you add that on to Eric uh, being 0-4 to start the season. Losses to Boise State, good team. San Diego State, good team. Nevada, dang good team. Surprisingly better than yep. we thought. Fresno, you were in it. I mean, your first week without Anderson and with all the changes, you were in it. Uh, and then you dispose of New Mexico the way that we were hoping you would do. And so it's going to take a little bit to climb back into this and to kind of to, to find some metal ground and some solid landing. But I, I just think that some of these players are jumping ship way too early, including Warren. Warren is... I've, <laughs> doesn't make a lot of whole sense to me. I've it got it to really be- doesn't. I mean, against Fresno State, he was the featured back. He gained a lot of yards. Uh, that one blows my mind, why he decided to go. It's not like he's a guy who's getting forgotten on the bench. But you know what? Devin Tompkins was a featured wide receiver earlier in the year also, and he decided to leave. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tompkins kind of makes sense because he's got, you know, he's got family over in Florida who his wife and kids are still in Florida and he's across the country. And I mean, you talk about NBA and professional players being away from their family for that long. It's hard. You're, we're talking about a college kid who's got it. You know, he's got his uh, girlfriend. I believe it's his girlfriend and, well, and kids. But he was going to be away from them anyway. Yeah, but I, look, and this isn't like he all of a sudden this decision was made him. that he couldn't be 
I mean, he chose to come to Utah yeah, State. Yeah, but then Eric, but I mean, to still like to be away from your family that long. I mean, I, I his decision makes sense. More so, I'm not going to say makes 100% sense, but makes more so sense than Troy LaFedge Jr. and Jalen Warren both opting out and going. Those two, I have no clue. Not a clue what's going on. Um, I thought Troy was getting reps. He was getting, he was starting. He was getting a chance to, to, to play in a position that was going to highlight him. And now if he goes and plays, I don't know why, where he ends up, if he tries to go to a Power 5 school, Who's going to immediately start him where he's going to get those reps? And he's going to have that kind of a defensive spotlight on him. That's And Warren especially, I'm not sure what what, what they're going to do. Well, it's really, it's, it's highly disappointing for yeah. me personally. Yeah. Just, I, I think these are guys that um, I, I understand when there's a coaching change. Uh, at the end of the season, guys change and, and people move. I, I get that. What I don't get is in the middle of a season. But this is a coaching staff that was in place at the start of the year that that has been in place now for a year and a half. And some of these guys may have recruited these guys. I don't know what coaches recruited them initially. But I don't I do not get it. Yeah, there's there's been some turmoil, there's been some challenges, but there's going to be challenges wherever you end up unless you decide to go down classification and you you can be the man on campus, I guess. That's what you really want. But they're not going to be. But they want to. They think they're going to go up. Yeah. And if they go up, I don't know that they're always going to get time and reps. They may not they get a, any. They good opportunity here. You got to think. They about had it. all these guys that have decided to leave. All of them were featured and had great opportunities yeah. at Utah State. Yeah, absolutely. And you think what Tompkins could have done with Peasley after Peasley got the reps, the practice. The chance to actually play with the first Gosh, team. Look how he's slinging and, it around. Yeah, you saw what did it, and then they're going to say, "Well, it's New Mexico. It doesn't matter, dude." I'm not so certain that Jason Shelley versus New Mexico would have turned out too pretty. I mean, but Peasley was great. I mean, if you, imagine if he had Tompkins on that side, what he would have been able to do. Now, I, like we got to move on, right? I mean, Tompkins is gone, and now you've, you've got what you've got. But Peasley coming back next year could be really well will be really big for this team, and whoever the head coach is is going to need to find a way to recruit talent that is going to be, I don't know, maybe heavy offensive side. And if it's a receiver, you got to find a deep threat and maybe even a slot guy because Compton and Nathan are both gone. Well, what we do know is Utah State's going to have a lot of scholarships to offer. Uh, 5338 going to be a big recruiting class. Troy LaFez Jr., yes, he did suffer a season-ending injury. It was his shoulder, so he's out for the season. But even so, like having him back next year, I thought he would have been a very big part of the defense, but even he, a focal point. Easily could have got a medical red shirt and been back. Yeah. Had all the games to play. Uh, and had all the years of eligibility that he still had. He was on a great trajectory at Utah State. Um, let's. I want to hear from Coach Miley um, talking about Jalen Warren. That's the news of the day. You know, oh, there were some rumors that were kind of floating around last week. Nothing was confirmed. We didn't see him play. Some people said in, in various broadcasts that uh, Warren didn't play because he was injured. It, when a player doesn't show up, we don't know. Is he injured? Is it a COVID positive? Is it COVID tracing? Or is he transferring? I mean, we don't know. Every week seems like there's any one of those four things for a player. But uh, today... Looks like it's been confirmed. Jalen Warren is leaving. He's going to transfer away from Utah State. Here's Coach Frank Miley about the news. Well, the interesting thing about that is we won the football game by a lot of points. 
So I guess the message for, for anyone who's, who's uh, one foot in, one foot out is make a decision. Can't sit on the fence here at Utah State. So uh, you're either all in or you're in the way. And so you just got to make a decision. And so the funny thing is where, you know, all these guys you're talking about entering the portal, leaving, uh, those are decisions, personal decisions they made uh, to leave. And I'm not going to fight anybody to stay here uh, and embrace who we are and what we're about. And so um, we have a lot of new faces, freshmen, where I think we're the seventh youngest team in the country. It was 70% of our team is freshmen and sophomores. And so for these guys to come out here, next man up mentality, and perform the way they did, uh, man, that, I mean, that just speaks a lot to, to culture uh, and where we're sitting right now. And so, um, you know, for, for, for me, it's, it's all about where your heart and your mind's at. And so if it's not here, then it's probably best that you walk and find another place where you can feel that way. And so for us, man, we have too many kids here that care. Um, the foundation, the culture here is rock solid. And so that's not going to change here. And, that, and a lot of that has to do with the leaders uh, in each position group, uh, holding the fort down and rallying the troops. And so um, our coaches have done a great job with those guys. But, but again, we got great leadership on this team right now. And I love the way they're headed. Here's the thing. Um, but by the way, I love his answer to that question, too. Uh, I was, I'm a huge fan of that. Listening to Frank Miley on that answer. Yeah. So from what I've been told, Frank Miley delivered that exact same message or very similar to it over the weekend uh, after Thursday's game. That, look, I'm not going to play this game of, well, who am I going to have next week? Are you going to be on the roster? Are you not going to be on the roster? Are you going to start? Are you not? Or are you going to go? Are you going to stay? So he finally just told the team, look, if you want to go, there's the door. Grab your bags. Good luck, best wishes, see you later. No hard feelings. If you don't want to be here, then go. If you want to play for us and you want to be a part of this football team and you want to finish out on a high note and strong, let's suit up and let's go get Air Force. Can I just tell you how impressed I am with, Co- with Frank Miley's growth? Yeah, in fact, can I ask, I don't know, maybe this is too soon to ask you, Eric, and maybe even ask our wonderful listeners too, uh, 435-339-0321. Maybe I should wait till the 5 o'clock hour to ask this. As of right now, where we stand, and this is probably an unfair question to put uh, on Frank's shoulders, <laughs> would you right now keep Frank Miley as the head coach next year? What you've seen, I know it's a very small sample, extremely small, when you've only had three games, right? Fresno State, New Mexico, and the North Texas game from two years ago. Yeah, that's, that's true. Because he didn't have Wyoming. Would you want to see Frank Miley be the head football coach of this football team for the future? My answer is yes. And, and I want to hear yours too. Here's my reason. There's a blueprint. There's like a, there's like a plan you got to look at when it comes to the way you look at this football team and it, the way it's structured. LDS return missionaries are a big thing. Not just at BYU, but here as well. Sure. Um... I also feel like the Polynesian culture is a major, not just Utah, but Utah State. And then three in-state kids. I don't know how in the doggone world we miss out on Mason Fultz. Maybe we did go after Mason, but we should have gone after Mason hard enough where he's like, yeah, I want to stay in state. I want to stay in the Valley. I want to play right here in front of my parents, my family, my friends on a Division One stage in front of great football. I mean, versus good football teams. I, I mean, even if it's for basketball or for football, I just, even for football, you got to recruit them hard. How does a guy like Sargent go to Wyoming? Wyoming, Eric. 
when he had it. I mean, how are we not going after him? I don't know what the recruiting process was like for Sargent. No idea. But I just feel like in-state kids, Frank Miley's an in-state guy. Polynesian, Frank Miley. LDS, Frank Miley. He has an understanding of all three pillars, and that right there can grasp kids' attention to say, hey, he can get where I'm coming from. Frank Miley, I think, is the right guy to take this job in the future. So my my short answer is, uh, as I've said before, I'm impressed with his growth. I remember when he first came back to Utah State after being a position coach and interviewing him. I knew that he, he understood the position. He knew how to coach players. But interacting with the media and, and having long-form answers was not really his strong suit. Yeah. Uh, he's improved with that a lot. And you can just listen to him. You can tell. This this would be a guy I'd want to play for. They have the right kind of attitude of, look, we just if you, if you want to play, you want to compete, I want you. If you don't, then no hard feelings, but there's the door. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, uh, well, let me say this. Uh, my thoughts about Frank Miley as he potentially being the next head coach has certainly improved. But I also have to consider what are the other options. I don't want to just close off my options to see what else is out there because I don't know. I don't know what the other options are at this point. But certainly I think he is making a good case for himself. Uh, 2197 texts in, Frank is a true leader. His players love him. Depending on how he finishes out the season, I could support hiring him. Additionally, he knows how to recruit here. He knows how to work with LDS athletes, and I believe he's highly respected in the Polynesian community. Just like you just detailed there, Ajay. Uh, yeah. I Again, I think those are three key pillars that you want to hang on to in looking for a head football coach. You can bring an out-of-state guy here who has a sexy resume. Yeah. But he doesn't get the community. Like... I, and I, I want to be very careful how I phrase that because Craig Smith came from South Dakota, Minnesota and immediately clicked with this community and immediately caught on to what it was going on and just incredible. But that is very hard to find. And I think, when look, when you can just, when you have it here, a guy who cares about the kids, a guy who cares about the university, a guy who cares about the tradition, a guy who cares about, you know, the off the field, you know, yes, he is LDS or he is Paulie, whatever it is. He understands this place better than anybody else. Why? Why chase that away? Well, I, I think the, those those three things are nice and very important. But at the end of the day, it's about W's. Do you feel like this is but, a guy that? And I'm not trying to knock on Frank, but I just yeah. no, generally no, no, I'm speaking, with you. I'm with when you. you're looking at your next head coach, <clears throat> is this going to be somebody who can help the team and the program move forward and compete for a Mountain West championship? That is the goal. Number one, should can Utah State compete? Can they beat Boise and compete for a Mountain West championship? Do you take this season, though, and say, let's measure it by this stick? I mean, you can't take this this measuring stick, this broken-in-half measuring stick of, uh, of, of being the season, that is, and say, you know what? I'm not sure you could really get the job done looking at what we had here. I mean, Well, I, I think you have to go back to what uh, John Hartwell said at the beginning. It's all about trajectory. It's yeah. not about how many wins and losses occurred under Frank Miley's you know, interim at the head. It's about how is a program, where is it heading? And, yeah, there's players transferring. There are players leaving, players dismissed. But 
I like where the team is headed right now. Granted, it was one team that had the victory. They didn't beat Fresno, but even in that game, they were showing signs of improvement, and they looked much different in the Fresno game than they did the previous three. 9315 texting. Glad I was right. We won the last game by two scores. Actually, that was a great call, 9315. Uh, the guy we have left on the team are the, are the answer for winning more games. I like the no fence idea, and I love Frank, and he would be a good head coach. Look at how the change he made at the offensive coach or as the offensive coach makes us better on offense. Oh, so, yeah, Dave Schramm. Now, it, by the way, it has been uh, Al asked the question at the end of the press for today who the offensive coordinator will be the rest of the way. It will be Dave Schramm. Um, who's earned the right to, I don't know if earned the right is the correct word, but he will be the uh, the new offensive coordinator for the rest of the season, and then we'll see what next season looks like, or at least the offseason will be. Did he not elaborate on that? I'm not seeing the... Uh, how did you title that? Did you title that one? Sorry, I may not have actually... <coughs> excuse me. So what happened... <laughs> this is my bad. What happened is that there was this long space of just blank, and... and uh, Coach Miley was uh, in conversation with the uh, media relations director, Doug Hoffman. And so I thought we were done, so I stopped. And then Frank Miley then uh, had a statement on Jason Shelley. And then we thought we were done and because Doug had cleaned it up and said, all right, well, thanks, guys. And then Al asked a question at the end. And it was it was a very short answer that Dave Schramm will be our uh, the offensive guy the rest of the way. Okay, so that's been confirmed. Frank yes. Miley confirmed. Yeah, Frank Miley, yes. I like that move. Me too. And it should have happened a while ago. Well, it's it's proving effective. And one of the things that we were asking, all of a sudden this team's opening up, is it because of the quarterback? Is it because of the head coach? Is it because of the offensive coordinator? Or the wide receiver's offensive line just not doing their job? Well, some of those things have been eliminated. And uh, <laughs> there's a quarterback change. There's an offensive play caller change. And this team is uh, is opening up yeah. and playing a lot more loose. I don't know if loose is the right term, but uh, they're taking shots downfield. We have explosive plays. They're more dynamic. McGriff is actually being targeted and catching balls and making plays. So uh, it looks much, much better it does. offensively for yeah. Utah State. And Paisley just looks more comfortable, right? I mean, when he drops back, he trusts everything that's going on around him. He trusts his line. He trusts his receivers. He trusts what the routes. I mean, he trusts everything. And he's just going to go out there and he's going to at least give his receivers a chance to go make a play on the ball. All right, we're going to call a timeout here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, we'll hear from, more from Coach Miley about um, you know, the uh, Jason Shelley situation. Yeah, that was impromptu, by the way. Was, there was, he brought clar- that on. Clarifications there yep. that were unprompted. Uh, Marcus Moore, he got hurt. Uh, looked like he he had to be kind of carried off the field, basically. Yeah. What's the status on him? Uh, of course, there was three big awards that were handed out. There's three awards handed out every week in the Mountain West. Utah State with a clean sweep. We'll update you on that uh, as well. And uh, throughout the week, we'll get you ready for Air Force. He had a lot of comments on them, but we'll, we'll share those comments as we get closer when we do our opposition research. But, uh, hey, just a quick reminder, uh, you know, 2020, it's been weird. We all know that. Uh, it's getting darker earlier now these days. Uh, people are at home more than they used to be. It's, it's not a great combination. So if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, generally having a hard time, there is help available for you. Now, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. 
And there are trained professionals who are all prepared. They're ready to talk to you. And we know that we can all get through this. You can get through this. Visit coronavirus.utah.gov backslash mental dash health. That's coronavirus.utah.gov backslash mental dash health. Physical health is important. That's why we wear masks. We physically distance. We wash our hands and do hand sanitizer. But the mental health is also really important. Get the resources that you need if you're having a hard time. Coronavirus.utah.gov backslash mental dash health. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Andre Salveson. <laughs> just I always, always find you like watching something, and I don't know. I then I always get wrapped into it because I hear it, and then I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is. <laughs> Twitter can be way too distracting sometimes. <laughs> it way can be. Hey, uh, how about this one? You you mentioned this, the uh, Breck McMurphy. Uh, the Sun Bowl has been canceled this year. Uh, tied as the second longest running bowl game behind the only the Rose Bowl. The Sun Bowl has been played in 86 consecutive seasons since 1935. It's the fourth Pac-12 bowl game canceled this year. Third with an ACC tie-in. Fun! Yay! Pac-12 is in just so much well, trouble. Well, Pac-12 may not be able to even field enough yeah. games to play bowl games. Period. <laughs> they might not, yeah, they might not even be able to have enough games, period, now. and uh, Utah and uh, Washington was... Wow. Being you tossed game. up twenty-one to nothing. Yeah, and they in the first half. Yeah, embarrassing. Uh, let's see. So there's been a couple weeks ago. We got the news that Jason Shelley was dismissed from the Utah State football team for a violation of team rules. Uh, we saw him on the sidelines in the Fresno State game. He had a meltdown, and um, he was. It was really unprofessional how he was acting on the sidelines. They kept trotting him out there because they didn't have any other options. But it was embarrassing, frankly, to see that unfold on national television. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I was at the stadium, so we could see him on the sideline and we could see players trying to calm him down, but we didn't have like a TV broadcast in our booth. So I couldn't see everything. And But on Twitter, people were just tweeting at me like, this guy's embarrassing. This is ridiculous. This is on national television. What is he doing? So shortly thereafter, we get the news that... Uh, Frank Miley has dismissed Jason Shelley for violation of team rules, and that's all he's going to say about it. Until today, where it came unprompted, uh, no one asked about Jason Shelley. Yeah, so we were actually, we were done. We thought, we, so actually, honestly, we were, thought we were done. Um, we went silent there for a moment. Camera goes off. We're just kind of hanging out for about 16, 17 seconds. And then Doug comes back on and says, hey, sorry for the technical difficulties. Uh, is there any more questions? And then Coach Miley says, hey, can you hold on one sec? Can we pause the video? So they mute the mic. Coach Miley talks to, I believe, Doug again. And then the mute mic comes back on. And Al's about to ask a question. But instead, you know, Miley just says, hey, I'd like to make a statement really quickly um, on Jason Shelley. And this is what we get. I've had some questions regarding the Jason Shelley dismissal. And I wanted to give some clarity to that situation. Jason uh, did nothing illegal. He's a great young man. His dismissal was 100% my decision uh, and, and not due to any misconduct or violation of institutional policies or rules. 
So he didn't violate a rule. Frank Miley just said, you know what? You're not going to do it for us. You're gone. Okay. Don't like your attitude on the sideline. See, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I'm not trying to like put words in his mouth, but basically he didn't break any rules. He didn't. He's not in trouble with the law, but Frank Miley didn't want him as his quarterback. Didn't want him in his locker room. So he sent him home. Is there okay. any other way to interpret so, that? Well, no, no, no. And, and I'm trying to find like where we go from violation. Because I remember when the uh, when the tweet came out or the release came out of violation and someone tweeted it out. And then Shaq Bond quoted the tweet and said, violation and like two question marks. And then, of course, his mom, Jason Shelley's mom, jumped in and said, he didn't violate any team rules or any policy. Uh, and then everyone's kind of like, well, then what happened then? Um, and now there's even more question of, so wait, if he didn't, he, and we know he didn't do anything illegal, uh, against law. We know he didn't, um, I don't know, like, I I guess no, like team, like breaking rules, you know, of anything like that. Uh, but now it kind of makes you curious of what exactly went on. I'm not even clear on it anymore. I don't think anybody else is, to be honest. Uh, all I can gather from that statement is that Frank Miley didn't want him in his locker room or on his sidelines or on his field. I would agree to that. But I, mean, I don't but, know if they had words but, after that but, game yeah, see, and Frank said, so, I don't need that attitude in this what, locker room right now. Yeah, so that's the question is what brought that on then? Like what brought that on that you dismiss him from the football team? And it's a fair question to ask. <laughs> we just don't know what the answer is. And frankly, I, I doesn't matter to me. Yeah, he wasn't getting it done. No, that's a good point. It, it wasn't happening with Jason Shelley. Uh, it, there needed to be a change. Uh, it, it's proved to be a good change. But why he was dis- summarily dismissed from the team still seems a bit of a mystery. Only thing I can gather is that Frank just didn't want him around anymore. But you're right. The attitude that he had during the game at Fresno was not good. It was embarrassing. His I, I saw the game uh, on TV after and uh, was not not entirely thrilled with. I mean, if you're a good lip reader, you know what, what he was saying. It wasn't hard. Um, but you just you can't have that being done or acting like that on national television. And like I said, I don't know what happened in the locker room. Um, I don't know if that instigated the the decision making from what I was. Well, yeah, I don't know. Well, there, there's no question that it's been a very tumultuous season for Utah state. And, uh, Frank actually weighed in a little bit more on that and some of the, the troubles of this 2020 season and, and, and how this team and how this coaching staff has dealt with it. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's college football. You know what I mean? Everybody's in the same boat as us. We're going through the same issues everybody else is, having the same problems everybody else is going through. Uh, if you look at it from top to bottom, I mean, even some of the teams that were, that were really successful last year are struggling right now, right? Because we're all going through different things, right? With COVID being involved in that deal, not getting spring ball, uh, summer training being up and down, everybody's going through that deal. The bottom line for us is, you know, sometimes to get to the light, you just got to continue to walk through the dark. Here's the thing is, is sure, there's everyone else going through adversity in the college football landscape. But how many teams have had their coach uh, dismissed 
I don't even know how to phrase that one either. That's another one I need clarification on. Uh, it was dismissed. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but how many coaches have had their head coach leave within the first three games? And one, two, three, four players, all starters, all leave. And the starting quarterback and, dismissed. Yeah, one of them was your starting quarterback, yeah. Oh, yeah, one, no. of, one of the players yeah, dismissed. And so That's five. That's five. How many teams are going through that in the country? I have, I'm not aware of very many. Yeah. You see, I mean, it's just... I mean, I know there's some teams that they had players opt out of the season because of coronavirus concerns, and they have to try to figure that out. But they knew that before the season began. And so they've made their, their, their changes, and they've adapted, and they've moved on. But you're right. I don't, I'm not aware of another school that's gone through so much turmoil in the middle of the season quite like Utah State is right now. Again, I, I give a lot of credit to Coach Miley and what he's done. I mean, this is no secret <laughs> how he's handled. Like, this is more adversity than him sticking around to coach a bowl game against North Texas uh, while the rest of his staff takes off for Texas Tech. Well, most of his staff takes off for Texas Tech. I mean, that was impressive what he did. This might even be more impressive what he's doing right now, dealing with what he's dealt with. Yeah, and some evidence of how things are are going at Utah State is the fact that three players got the three weekly Mountain West Conference Awards. Amazing. The offensive, defensive, and special teams players Clean sweep. of the week. Uh, Nick Henninger was one of those defensively. Great game for him. Uh, affected the, the de- defensive attack. Uh, had several quarterback hits. Caused a fumble. Uh, caused an interception. Um, uh, Frank uh, Miley talked a little bit about the type of game that Nick Henninger had on Saturday and excuse me on Thursday and what he means to this football program absolutely he checks all the boxes when you're recruiting a kid uh, not just uh, ability wise and skill sets uh, but the character of the kid his mentality his work ethic um, you know just doing things the right way handling his business on and off the field Nick's all of those things and more and so I mean if we could have 50 of Nick's then so be it man I I, I mean a, a team with a bunch of guys like Nick's mentality which which there's a lot in our locker room that are similar to Nick uh, I mean that that's where programs start to change uh, and uh, you know they start to elevate everybody around them uh, and the outcome that you're going to see at the end is going to be really good simply because of their uh it's kind of contagious the way they are. And so got guys that are not that way, you know, they, they kind of feed off of that. Right. And so in this building, man, because, because the majority of our team is similar to Nick. I mean, if, if, if you're not all in, you'll stand out here. So uh, I love Nick, man, everything about him, his mentality, uh, you know, what he brings to the table. And again, if you think about his success, he had Nick was out for COVID. He tested positive. So not having done anything for 10 days, he comes back one helmet practice and we're trying to fill him out to see how much he can actually do and for him to perform the way he did and be our defensive player of the, uh, of the game for on our team, but also in the conference uh, speaks volumes to who he is uh, mentally and who he is right in his heart. So Love the kid. Uh, Nick Henninger, uh, for his efforts, uh, let's see. I got to make sure I get it all the way correct. I want to make sure we give him his due. He tied his career high with eight tackles, a career high tying three tackles for loss, career high tying two sacks, uh, also recorded a career high two forced fumbles, one of which was returned 16 yards for a touchdown in the third quarter. Um, helped the defense have uh, 
do a, a season low in points, passing yards, and total offense, and yards per play. It was a great effort for for Nick Henninger. He's been such a great addition to Utah State. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, in fact, he, I remember last year when I asked him, I said, "Hey, what uh, what what brought you to Utah State?" And he said, "Gary Anderson." He says, "I love Gary. I I, I wanted to play for Gary Anderson." So I asked him today. So uh, no what. Uh, <laughs> No Gary Anderson. What is it like playing under Coach Miley? And uh, he uh, he said he loves Coach Miley. In fact, he actually had a really good answer about why, you know, now that with all the injuries and, and transition and stuff, about his position, that it's changed from where he was to where he is now. And uh, it's, it's, it's given him more opportunities. And, uh, and, and he's a leader on the field, and Coach Miley trusts him doing that. So it's pretty cool to see the, the growth in Nick Energy. Uh, Henninger, excuse me. The the big question is is now with that new NCAA rule, he's allowed another year. Is he going to come back? And he said, mm, I don't know yet. Talk to me after the season's over. Uh, I want to play what he had to say about Coach Miley. Yeah, Here, here's Nick Henninger about his uh, interim head coach. Uh, I love Coach Miley. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but the last was it uh, the first two games I played outside linebacker, and then the next two games because of just. Uh, injuries or guys being out for COVID, I had to go back to D-line and I was playing a position that I haven't really played before. I've been defensive end in a four down front, but playing defensive end from a four eye in that B gap was a little bit different. So uh, I was able to be working with uh, Coach Frank before, Coach Miley before the uh, whole coaching change. And uh, I've always been a big fan of Coach Miley. Uh, He's been a He's been a coach that uh, really prioritizes the building a uh, the character in the player, making sure they're a good man on and off the field. And I'm just a big fan. Can't, I just got a lot of good things to say about Coach Miley. Yeah, there's Nick Henninger, the uh, defensive player of the week in the Mountain West Conference, uh, about his his coach uh, and also his uh, uh, reaction to. Uh, getting his recognition uh, this week. Um, uh, maybe not. Oh, yes, here it is. Uh, and, uh, winning the game and the type of game that he had personally against New Mexico last Thursday. I still consider it a blessing to be able to play the game that I love so much. And to just be uh, one of the older guys on this team is is a blessing as well. I think that ESPN or somebody said that we're one of the uh, 13th youngest team in the country, something like that. And uh, this team also has a new offense, has a new defense, and we didn't get spring ball. It was shut down for coronavirus. So for this team to be able to go through all the adversity adversity that we have and uh, to be able to band together and go out there and get a dub, I I love it. I love the opportunity to help – in any way I can for the young guys and um, just happy we got a victory. It was a nice win. No, no, granted, New Mexico, they've struggled. It would yeah, have been, but so has Utah It would have been a, kind of a, a, a dark spot on the season, which had lots of other dark spots. If Utah State couldn't beat New Mexico. Yeah, if, if Frank wanted any chance at uh, being interviewed for the head coaching job, he had to win this game. He had to win this game. That was a must win for Frank. And he got it, and they got it in dominant fashion, and they got it be you know great strategy, great coaching, and great execution. And all three keys combined into one, and that's what you get. 
is is a dominating 41-27 game. For weeks, we'd heard the effort is there, the execution needs to improve. Yeah, well, we had we ever changed a lot. Uh, nine three one five texts in. Think how impressive that is for Frank to get all three players to get awards and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, you know it is no impressive, kidding. especially for a team that is now one and four on the season. Now, I mean, because it has it's happened before where one team's got all three awards and swept it, but for a team that's one and five to get all three awards is or one and four, excuse me, to get all three awards is that's pretty impressive. Now, granted, Boise State and San Jose State didn't play, so who knows what would have happened if that game would have happened. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought it was an impressive job for the. Uh, for the Aggies and for Coach Miley and his staff as well. So Andrew Andrew Peasley accounted for 357 yards of total offense. This is unreal. Four touchdowns. Uh, he was 14 of 21 passing for 239 yards and three touchdowns. That's a good completion ratio. Yeah. Um, all to different receivers. Uh, he led Utah State in the ground game, 118 yards rushing, which included that 62-yard scamper for a touchdown to seal the deal in the fourth quarter. Uh, his 14 completions, 21 pass attempts, 239 yards passing, and three touchdowns, all career highs for him. Uh, career-long completion of 36 yards. 62-yard run was also personal best. Um, but uh, the Aggies were down 13-6 to at the start of the half. Yeah, there was a little bit of and worry really, on that. He rallied. He had some uh, big plays, uh, big explosive plays that uh, got things going, and Utah State just came out on fire to start that third quarter. Yeah, in fact, Peasley's the first quarterback for the Aggies to rush for 100 yards in a game since Kent Myers did it versus Colorado State in 2015. He had 191 in that game, by the way. He's just the fifth Aggie QB since 57 to rush for 100 yards in a game. That's joining Chucky Keaton, who did it versus Law Tech in 12, DeAndre Brorell, I haven't heard that name in years, who did it versus Fresno State in 09, and Tony Adams, who did it versus Colorado State in 72. It's a nice list to be joining. Yes. Not too bad. Look, I love Peasley when he comes to he's using his legs, but my gosh, get down. Slide. Please. <laughs> Slide. Uh, not to be left out, uh, Connor Coles. He was two of two for field goals. Five, of, five for five in extra points. Career high, 11 points. 27-yarder uh, and a career-long 44-yard field goal. So it's uh, it's good to see the kicking game improving for Utah State. Early in the season, it was a little shaky. I think it's really improved just in the field goal kicking, punting, uh, and extra points aren't uh, – <laughs> it's not a mystery if it's going to go through or not. <laughs> yeah. Man, we took Dominic Eberle for granted so much, didn't we? I mean, just how clutch it was. Connor's been pretty darn good. In fact, when we were talking to Connor today, he made it seem like Dude, I should have won the job as a as a sophomore. I should have been the starting kicker. Think about that. He had the confidence in himself that he should have beat out Dominic Everly for the starting job when he was a sophomore. He says when he when he was a freshman, he wasn't that mature enough, grown up enough. He wasn't ready to start. But as a sophomore, and he, he's like, yeah, I, that it's me. I should be the kicker right now. <laughs> love the confidence. Yeah, I love it. Good for him. Yeah. All right, going to call another time out here in the full court press. We'll hear uh, more from Coach Frank Miley. Uh, Marcus Moore had suffered an injury. How bad is it? How much is that going to impact the, the this defense, which is already thin with uh, veteran players? Um, and to get some more comments from him. Um, uh, as you mentioned, there's this uh, seniors have an opportunity to come back. You kind of referenced Nick Henninger, but... Uh, Frank Miley weighs in on that uh, as well. We'll get into some of the other things that happened over this past weekend, what happened with our pick six, and uh, we did poorly, both of us, 
But we'll get into that and recap the NFL weekend that was. Oh, and by the way, NBA training camp starts tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. That sounds crazy. It's already here. All those things coming up next on Full Court Press. Uh, not sure. That All that's going to depend on his progress. It's an ankle sprain. Um, and so he's on crutches in a boot right now. So uh, it's going to be one day at a time. That is Utah State interim head coach Frank Miley talking about Marcus Moore and his injury, the graduate transfer. Is he a graduate transfer or just a transfer? I can't remember. He's a, he's a graduate transfer. So, uh, anyway, he he looked like he hurt his leg, needed to be helped off the field, couldn't put weight on it. Um, so, thankfully, it sounds like it's a, a rolled ankle, not something that's broken or torn. So, he may not be available this week which is too bad, uh, an experienced body on the front line against a, an Air Force team, which is always a challenge. Uh, you, you need as many experienced, healthy bodies as you can against the Air Force Academy. But hopefully Marcus Moore recovers quickly and he's uh, back on the front line for Utah State. Now, with uh, Nick Kenninger, he could have an opportunity to come back. Marcus Moore could stick around for another year potentially. So there's this question about uh, an extra year of eligibility. And Frank Miley talked a little bit about um, you know, what kind of cutoff point there is for these seniors to to decide what they're going to do if there's a deadline for them, if they're going to come back or vacate the premises. Uh, you know, we don't have a deadline, really. I think those are the conversations we got to have as soon as this season's over uh, so that we can figure out what the recruiting class will look like for 2021. So for us, we had to pause a little bit in recruiting for this class due to the rule change and just trying to figure out uh, it's a combination of who do we need back and then who actually wants to come back, depending on what, uh, what goals they have, what, what options they have moving forward. Uh, some of that could just be professionally uh, moving on. Some of them have jobs. Some of them are moving on academically. And so uh, a lot of those questions we got to have as soon as the season's over. I like, and that's a great way to put it. Who do we need, and what do, who do, who wants to come back? Needs versus wants. You got to kind of manage that and say, look, we're too deep at this position. We don't have enough here. We got to save some room here because, by the way, you've offered scholarships to players already. Now, whether those offers switch on you because you have a new coaching staff or the new head coaches is yet to be determined. But there's a lot of shifting back and forth that you've got to you've got to deal with now. With again, of who wants to and who do you need? Yeah, and. and- Right. Who wants to stick around? Maybe you've got a guy that uh, you'd like to have back, but he's got a, a job opportunity, an internship he wants to do, or an opportunity at the next next level. Um, and so that those and for them too, they may be waiting to see what the coaching landscape is going to look like too. Like, yeah, I might want to come back, but I don't know what the new head coach is going to look like. I don't know if I'll have a place. So it's twenty twenty is so weird. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a, it's a it's a problem and it's an issue that every team in the country is going to have to deal with. All right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press and uh, some more thoughts about Utah State. And uh, next hour, we'll talk a little bit about Utah State basketball, uh, The uh, our pick six. We look back at the weekend that was, the NFL standings. Very busy weekend in the NFL and college football rankings are out. We'll discuss that coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. 
Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Nice win over the holiday weekend for the Utah State Aggie football team, beating New Mexico. Um, you know, three players come away with the three different awards. Offensive, defensive, special teams. Good win for the Aggies. A lot of good vibes for that Utah State football team. Can uh, they continue it? This is a good Air Force team coming up. Really good Air Force team. They do a lot of different things, and they're a headache to prepare for. They're a headache to have to repeat as a scout team, um, and they're a headache to deal with when they're on the field. It's just it's going to be a big challenge, and well, we'll see how they uh, how they react to it on Thursday night. Nine three one five. Just trying to interpret what he's asking here uh, about when John Hartwell will, will decide and announce the new head football coach. He did say he wants to make an announcement by December fifteenth. By just days after the final game, yep. which is December twelfth against Colorado State. So that's two weeks away, ish. Yeah. I mean, it's he's got to be zeroing in on who that next head coach Ooh, is going to be. From what I've been told, he is zeroing in. He's he's got a list. He's checking it twice, and uh, he's yeah. You should hear it within the next couple of weeks, I would imagine. Uh, this close, I mean, the knowledge has been out there now for several weeks that there's an opening. You get a chance to maybe there, you hear rumors about different people showing interest, but when you get into the nitty gritty and start talking dollars and cents, that number uh, of interested parties starts to narrow significantly. But, um, yeah, I'd imagine it's got to be pretty zeroed in on who it's going to be. And uh, it's an interview process and checking availability and checking resources at this point. So I, I it's a few weeks away. He's, he's got to figure it out who they are and how soon they can make that announcement. Hey, speaking of priorities, Adam Sheffer is – so the Ravens-Steelers game has been moved to Wednesday at 1.40 p.m. Mountain Time. But because it's at 140, the reason is is because NBC wants to make sure they have the 88th Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting ceremony on Wednesday night on NBC. Priorities. Priorities, baby. <laughs> I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Well, if you're looking for one game that encapsulates all the problems the NFL is having with COVID, look no further than the Saints and Broncos on Sunday. After Jeff Driscoll tested positive and was with the other quarterbacks on the roster without masks, Denver was suddenly left without a quarterback. They turned to a practice squad receiver named Kendall Hilton, who played that position at times in college. He did his best, but didn't get one snap under center during the week. He didn't really have a chance, and the Broncos lost 31-3. There's plenty of blame to go around. Denver coach Vic Fangio said his quarterbacks were reckless. Others pointed to the NFL. They pushed back other games, but didn't in this case. They seemed determined to get the season in on time, but the reality of the coronavirus might get in the way. Sunday's game was a mess, but you get the feeling that's not the last time the NFL has to make a decision that no one is going to be happy with. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. What's going on? Eric Franson and the ringmaster, A.J. Salveson. The temp and the ringmaster. On a, on a ringmaster in a square field box surface. It is a square ring. I don't know what's so hard to understand about that. 
You must have failed math. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember those <laughs> shapes when I was a child. <laughs> Putting s- square pegs in round holes was never my uh, strong suit. Uh, Utah State football with a nice win on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, if you were out of the area. Um, uh, certainly have an opportunity to still weigh in on that. 435-339-0321. Andrew Peasley, Offensive Player of the Week. Nick Henninger, Defensive Player of the Week. And Connor Coles, Special Teams Player of the Week. A lot of those guys had career or tied career numbers for what they were able to do. As Utah State had the big uh, victory, 41-27 to over New Mexico. Peasley looked great. Explosive plays on offense. Uh, th- that defense really imposed their will in the second half, forcing a lot of three and outs. Great to see. It felt good. Like that's ah, finally that's what Utah State football is. But one game a trend does not make. We need to see what this team will do in the coming weeks. They got a tough task this week against Air Force. Uh, we'll get into the Air Force Academy a little later on in the week, but um, suffice it to say, it was a good week for Utah State. Nice to pick up the victory, despite all the turmoil. And today we are learned of more official turmoil. Uh, Jalen Warren, who has been the featured running back for this offense, uh, is leaving. Did not play on Thursday. There were rumors swirling as that may be the direction he was headed, uh, and it was confirmed today. That's four players now who have put their names officially in the transfer portal, a fifth player who has been dismissed from the team, your former starting quarterback. Uh, Nick Henninger kind of weighed in on all these players leaving and what it means for this Utah State football team. Uh, I'm a big believer in there are always guys top to bottom on the depth chart that can play. And I'm just happy to see guys get more opportunities to catch the ball. I feel like I saw that a little bit more on our offense this week, seeing guys who haven't been as involved get the ball and be more involved. And obviously it worked, right? These guys have been preparing and they're, they're, I've been in a situation similar where you feel like you're doing the work, you're producing, you know you can play, and you're just waiting for your opportunity. And I know these guys are just as hungry as I was back then when I, when I had to go through that. And they performed on offense. And uh, I, I think on defense as well, we've, we've got guys who are hungry, ready to play. And that's nothing to say against those guys who have uh, decided to leave. I respect their decision. I get it. But at the same time, uh, that's a personal choice, right? And this team is still a family and we still got to uh, win games, right? That's the ultimate goal. So just Frank Miley's comments, except more softer tone. Can we play Frank Miley's comments again? Absolutely. Um, they're worth hearing again. Again, this is uh, asked about Jalen Warren leaving the team and the amount of players that have left the team and what it does to the team. Well, the interesting thing about that is we won the football game by a lot of points. So I guess the message for, for anyone who's, who's uh, one foot in, one foot out is make a decision. 
can't sit on the fence here at Utah State. So uh, you're either all in or you're in the way. And so you just got to make a decision. And so the funny thing is where, you know, all these guys you're talking about entering the portal, leaving, uh, those are decisions, personal decisions they made uh, to leave. And I'm not going to fight anybody to stay here uh, and embrace who we are and what we're about. And so um, we have a lot of new faces, freshmen, where I think we're the seventh youngest team in the country. It was 70% of our team is freshmen and sophomores. And so for these guys to come out here, next man up mentality, and perform the way they did, uh, man, that, I mean, that just speaks a lot to, to culture uh, and where we're sitting right now. And so, um, you know, for, for, for me, it's, it's all about where your heart and your mind's at. And so if it's not here, then it's probably best that you walk and find another place where you can feel that way. And so for us, man, we have too many kids here that care. Um, the foundation, the culture here is rock solid. And so that's not going to change here. And that, and a lot of that has to do with the leaders uh, in each position group, uh, holding the fort down and rallying the troops. And so um, our coaches have done a great job with those guys. But but again, we got great leadership on this team right now. And I love the way they're headed. Eric, will you do me one quick favor? Don't yell at me for this, but will you play that first half just one more time for me again? The first half of these remarks are everything I want to see in a football coach that's going to be here at Utah State. Well, the interesting thing about that is we won the football game by a lot of points. So I guess the message for, for anyone who's, who's uh, one foot in, one foot out is make a decision. Can't sit on the fence here at Utah State. So uh, you're either all in or you're in the way. And so you just got to make a decision. Right there. And so the funny Can't sit on the fence here at Utah State. You're either all in or you're in the way. That that, is a that's guy, the message this team needs exactly, to hear right now. That is exactly right. That is what this team needed to hear. We have too many – uh, we have guys on this team that are, man, should I go or should I stay? Should I stay or should I go? I don't know. Well, no. Look, if you're going to play the final two games and dress the final two games here at Utah State, you're all in. None of this, like one foot out the door, one foot in. That, that's not going to work here at Utah State. Not under Coach Miley. Things are going to change for the better, and it starts right now. It starts right now. And I think he got that message through clear. And look, if you want to go somewhere else, that's your decision. He's not going to stop you. On your way, best wishes. There's the exit sign. You know how to find your way out. But if you want to be here, you better be 100% in. Because if you're not, you're not just letting me down. You're letting yourself down, and you're letting the team down. And the team... Then and then it's a big letdown for guys like Nick Henniger, guys like Connor Coles, guys like Shaq Bond, guys like DHC who transferred. Uh, I'll put, I mean, give me somebody else. Just there's a ton of guys on here that want to play football. AJ Vongpachan. Yeah, a big one, a big one. You're letting those guys down. So I mean, look, Air Force is a absolute monster to deal with. We know that they're a headache. They're a pain in the end, and as good as they are offensively, this year they're even better defensively. They're nationally ranked in, def- in defensive categories, uh, very high. They're really, they're really well respected in that category. We'll get into that on Wednesday, but you've, I mean, you got to be fully focused on that. And if you've got guys that are, you know, jumping on the trampoline, looking at the other side of the fence, we are going to have a major, major issue. Nine three one five texts in, and uh, but we invite you to share your thoughts or questions as well. Four three five three three nine zero three two one, or message us directly from the one hundred six point nine The Fan mobile app. But his question is: What is the identity of the team now? 
I think that the the identity of this team, granted, this was one game that we saw everything really starting to come together for Utah State, so it's still maybe a little bit up in the air. But this is a team that can be explosive offensively and can be aggressive defensively. That that's that's really the identity this team has tried to execute for a long time. I'm I'm not talking this season. I'm talking for the last couple of seasons. Uh, we saw it work against New Mexico. How good is New Mexico? How bad are they? Well, their coach thinks they're a bad team. Yeah, oh yeah, is, that's incredible, that's embarrassing. But um, but I think that's what Coach Miley definitely wants. He did not like the offensive mindset. The way things were going earlier in the season, you can tell he made a change with the offensive staff. Bodie Reader is no longer calling plays for Utah State. Dave Schram is the new offensive coordinator, and we can see the evidence of that change yeah. already. Just we have two games now; we can see that it was starting to improve against Fresno. Definitely improved against New Mexico. So it's an offense that can go vertical. That definitely still has a strong emphasis with the running game and has a defense that wants to try to be uh, aggressive. Uh, 9315 also texts in, I like the running backs we used in the last game. I think they can be good. Don't you try to recruit guys that should be better than the ones already on the starting team so the new guys should be great. That's your hope. Look, but I, I love what DHC did. Uh, I thought he came in and was very effective. Noah is a downhill, put your head down and run you over. He doesn't go around you. He doesn't look for other gaps to get through. It is, if you're in my way, we're going head to head. Uh, and boy, he met some guys head to head. You could hear it on the TV effects. Just bam. I mean, it's like two goats going after each other. I love his downhill mentality. And I love how it, it differs a little bit from what DHC does, who's more of a shifty guy, gives you a nice balance. I, I Like I said, I just think it was so doggone effective. Really wore New Mexico out. Yeah, I think Devontae Henry Cole does a nice job trying to get to the edge mm-hmm. um, and making guys miss. Um, but uh, there, there's a nice complement of, of running backs. We heard this before the season began. There's, there's some real depth at the running back position. Yeah. But it was I, clearly the best game for DHC. In Heavens uniform. gracious, yeah, not even close. Uh, five seven six three texts in. Awesome comments from Coach M. Excited to see what those players can do that are going to get their chance with these player departures. Go Aggies! Amen. That you know, and that you know, these players should be excited for the opportunity to go out there on the field and show what they can do. You're playing for starting time, not only for the rest of like the final two games this year, but you're playing for time next year. Like what you do in these final two games really does matter of what you can do next year. Keena Miley, true freshman. Oh my gosh, look what he did! Yeah, phenomenal. Took advantage of his time. I was impressed by him. Really was. Yeah, uh, no, that's a great point by five seven six three. Great we text. saw a lot of young guys getting some minutes and, and doing you'll, well, and you'll continue to see that too throughout Robinson, the, of the games. Yeah, Reed, Reed's another one I liked. Yeah, we saw a lot of young guys that some of them struggled a little bit, but they're learning on the job. They have to. Yeah. This coaching staff has no choice. So there's going to be some times where maybe they get burned a little bit, but these are guys who want to play and they're going to go out there and, and make a good effort of it. Uh, 6891 texts in. It seemed like everything started to click in the second half. 
Absolutely. It really did. Oh, yeah. I mean, what we're down 13-6, right, going into half. And and the thing is... You know, Had a touchdown taken away. Yeah. And and you don't... I don't like to use the cliche of, well, you know, you don't have a magic basket or whatever that you pour on everybody and they say, oh, hey, we're ready to play football. That's not the case. It's just going in there, calming the kids down, saying, hey, look, we stick with what we got. We stick with what we're doing, and we execute it. This game's over by the end of the third quarter. Guess what they did? They stick with what they had and what they were doing, and by the end of the third quarter, it was over. I mean, they were running ragged over New Mexico. New Mexico was done with these guys after 15 minutes in the third quarter. It was incredible. After the game, Coach Miley said, look, we, we didn't have a game plan. We had a 30-minute game plan. Yeah. We didn't have a full game plan. We had a 30-minute game plan. And that's what you got to do. So because after the first 30 minutes, okay, this is what it, this was, this was the results. And then at halftime, what are we going to do for the next 30 minutes? And well, we saw the results. And you can't, like, you can't sit there and say, hey, here's our game plan. It's going to go to perfection. That's never, ever, ever the case. Every game plan has to include a, like, come with a bag of tolls. Right, you've got to make adjustments on it. You got to tighten bolts. You got to uh, maybe fix a couple of things. So you game plan for the first thirty minutes of first half football. Go into the locker room, make necessary adjustments, tighten bolts and nuts and such, and then come back in the second half with those adjustments and execute it again. And then you'll and you're on your way. And that was the case against New Mexico. That was a very nice win for uh, Coach Miley, the staff, and the Utah State Aggie football team. Really quickly, since we got new listeners on, and we welcome you to the Full Court Press, 435-339-0321. I want to know from you wonderful listeners, would you consider, would you like to see Coach Frank Miley be the head coach of this football team next year and into the future? Are you sold on him, or do you want to see more? And if so, what else would you like to see? Do you want to see him go 3-0? Do you want to see uh, a close game with Air Force? What do you want to see from Coach Miley? If you... John Russell texted and said, you said nuts. Shut up, John. Um, anyways, what do you want to see from Coach Miley? Is he, in your mind, persuaded you to say, you know what, that's my head coach in the future for the Aggies? Just, I... Yes or no's and reasons why or whatever you want to do. 435-339-0321. I'd or, like to hear or you can message us directly through the new 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Uh, so you, you kind of posed that question earlier, and I don't know that I'm ready to say definitively he should be the next head coach. Yeah. I'm Just because I, I don't know what other options are out there. Okay. But I will say I have been really impressed with his growth. Just in how he deals with the media, how he's dealing with his team, how he's turning things around in very tumultuous time. And he's got players winning conference awards and, and winning games and, and fighting out there to try to play. Uh, so I'm definitely impressed with the trajectory of Frank Miley and this team under his direction. Yeah. I'll tell you this right now. The list that I've heard of the interest of in this position is very <laughs> it's very saucy. There are some names that you would you would just not ever think of hearing that are on this list that have interest in being a coach here at Utah State. Um and there's some caveats to uh if a coach ends up here of who would want to join him. It is very, very heavy. Uh and but again, I think what Frank Miley doing is phenomenal. I love and we talked about the pillars, right? We talked about the pillars of being a head coach uh, of, of the blueprint that I think should be the blueprint, and that's Polynesian LDS in-state. 
Miley, uh, understanding Miley, how those things work for yeah, Utah State. Exactly. Right. Uh, eight seven nine eight texted in. What's the story with Bodie Reader? Is he done? He is not done. He's still the coach, uh, but he's not the offensive coordinator. Uh, I did not uh, cut the last bit. I should have. I'm sorry, but uh, I will. Uh, I'll tell you that uh, Dave Schramm is the offensive coordinator. He'll be the one calling plays. Reader still has a part or a role in this uh, offensive staff. It's just different from what he was doing. Dave Schramm's the OC. Yes, correct. 9315 texts in, will the ringmaster give us the coach he would maybe like to see as a new coach? <laughs> nice, nice use oh, of the uh, nickname there. Oh, I hate you, Eric. Uh, 9315, great question. Who would I like to see as the new head coach? Can I be on? I mean, if you want me to be flat out honest right now, I am very much okay with Frank Miley. Look, he's dedicated to the Aggie product. He's dedicated to the university. He's dedicated to being a football coach here without saying, let me go take seven, let me go use this as a pedestal to leapfrog up into a very high power conference life and live that dream. You and I both know this is that he's given up, he's been given offers before, big offers as an assistant coach elsewhere at big time universities, and he said no. He's dedicated to being an Aggie. I like that he wants to be an Aggie. Uh, I think he. Uh, I think he's our. If it's me and it's my opinion and it's just a gospel according to AJ, I like Miley and I'm 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 sold on him right now. To be very honest with you, there are other coaches again that are have a very nice resume who bring in a great name. But knowing this team, knowing what this product is and what the blueprint looks like. Miley's the guy. That is my opinion. Uh, look, there's again. I don't know who's entered their names or who's part of the process, um, who's uh, raised their hand to show interest. But Frank Miley is making a very compelling case. Yeah. Um, Jay Hill should probably be on that list. Um, the uh, now all of a sudden Ed Lamb and the BYU. Probably ought, be ought, really? ought to be on that list. Um, and then I think you cast a wider net to see maybe other people out there that either have ties to the state, maybe not ties to Utah State, but people who understand the culture and, and the missionary program. Uh, I think there are a number of those guys that are out there that are assistants at, uh, at different colleges around the college football landscape. Um, and... and Maybe there's some guys at, uh, at colleges, at, at conferences that are a little bit below the Mountain West that maybe this is an opportunity for them to step up. Amen. And you know what? Some people look at that and say, yeah, they're just using it as a stepping stone. Do you say, do you feel bad about Craig Smith being the head coach at Utah State? Yeah, I'm with you. And I think we had this discussion last week. And like, but if we, Eric, if we can find a guy that's dedicated to being an Aggie, being committed to the university, being committed to the program, the players, Right, and and I'm, it's not a fair comparison. But didn't we do that with basketball with yeah, Tim Durier? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that it's one. Not, no, that's it's a good not point. a totally fair comparison. Yeah. Don't, don't take that too far. Yeah. Uh, I got a text from John Russell. He wants to know, the question is, how long do you wait to make a decision? I'm, not, uh, I'm concerned the effect of not having a permanent head coach has on recruiting. I, I still think we have a decision by December 15th. I Maybe even earlier. Right. Uh, the, well... John Hartwell may know that decision before the end of the regular season, but it won't be made it 
official. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess he could come out and say, Honestly, hey, you know what? We like what Frank's doing. We're taking the interim tag off, and he's the head coach. He's the head coach. It's yep. very possible. Uh, 9310, I'd, I'd hope to find someone who has P5 coordinator experience who needs a head coach as a stepping stone. I think this helps with motivation to win. But Frank has shown good things lately, so if there's not a golden candidate out there, I'm okay with Miley for a couple years. I will say that there is, from what I've been hearing, that there are coaches with P5 experience uh, at whichever, uh, in whatever role that is. Either as a coordinator or former head coach. Thank you. That's a great way to put it. That have had an interest in this job. That have a lot of interest in this job. Like when Mr. Harwell says his phone has been blowing up, he's not lying. That's that's dead on true. And the fact that he gets a chance to be able to make that decision without all the quote unquote helping hands around him, that he can actually do his job, uh, is is really big. And so uh we'll I, I know that like I said, I know his phone's been blowing up. There's a lot of interest from a lot of and there is P5 interest in there. Absolutely is interesting. I know that for sure. Um, what he's looking for, and he said he's not going to be boxed in, quote-unquote is the words he used. Uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, 0737 texts in. My concern with Miley is if his network is deep enough to bring in talented coordinators and assistants. I think that will be answered. If he's the head coach, I think that's going to be answered. Well, I think it's a fair question. Uh, but but yeah, he spent a lot of time at Utah State. Bingo. But I think it's going to be a pleasant answer too. Miley can he's got he's got connections and he's got attention and he's got uh, he's got respect too. Well, look, just because somebody has been at one place, mostly just at one place, their college football coaching career doesn't mean that they don't have connections. I mean, these guys go to conferences, they do workshops. These guys know a lot of people in the business. Um and there'd be a lot of people that would be interested in coming to Utah State, various different capacities. So uh, it's a fair question. It's definitely worth asking. I get why the, I get the question. Um, maybe it's part of the, the the interview process too. It's like, look, who, what would your staff look like? Who could you bring with you? How would you fill this staff out? Very fair question. All right, we've got to call a timeout. Love the feedback we're getting this hour. Love to get more. 435-339-0321. Or message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Love to get your comments about the win on Thursday. Frank Miley is a potential full-time head coach. Take away the interim tag. Or if there are other candidates out there, other guys you'd like to potentially see at the helm of Utah State. We'll also talk about basketball. How's this USU basketball team looking after three games in South Dakota? They've got a big matchup coming up this weekend. We'll recap the NFL weekend that was. And I know a lot of you are very interested to know who won our pick six. It's on everybody's mind on Mondays. Who won the pick six? It's what everybody, they just can't get oh, through Monday. Oh, you already? Dude, you just did like a 40-second tease. For sure. My gosh. Who won pick Might six? Might as well make it a freaking segment. We'll talk about it next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salveson. Man, this has been a great segment so far this hour. Great comments by the listeners. And more texts coming in. 435-339-0321. But really, it's all about 
is Frank Miley building enough of a resume to be considered the next head coach? Should any others be considered? And you say to be determined. I say what he's been dealing with and how he's dealt with it. He's my guy. And but and you know what? And, and let me make something very clear. If we go elsewhere, that is absolutely fine. Like Mr. Hartwell and Mr. Bovey are doing that job, and they know a heck of a lot better than me what that program needs and what that program uh what what, what who will help that program get back to those heights that they're so used to being for in the last decade or so. And uh and so I trust them full heartedly. So whoever they decide to go with, awesome. I'm in support of it. Absolutely in support. But, man, I, I've been impressed with Frank Miley thus far. Certainly, I, I've been impressed with his growth, um, just how he's dealt with his team, how he's become more comfortable in the spotlight as the head coach. You and I have had conversations and interviews with him over, in the past, yeah. and he's not been very comfortable speaking with us. Oh, like, man. He doesn't really know what to say. You remember, was it, was it last year when we did our media day? It was you and I in that little uh, press conference room. And, we, uh, and you ended up getting... TJ Woods and who loves talking and I got Frank Miley who I love to death but at the time like you said he's kind of like look I don't want to do this interview let's just you got six or five five or six questions let's get them over with I'll answer them but then after we were done he sat and talked with us for like 10 or 12 minutes yeah had a private conversation with us and opened up to us about some things and it was a great conversation to have and you're like, well, you don't have a microphone in front of his face. He's open to talk to you. Well, and I loved his his comments after the game on Thursday and what he's been saying today, and frankly what he said the week prior too, and how he's dealing with this very tumultuous time yeah. with, with Utah State. I've loved his attitude. It's been perfect for this team right now. The question is, is it the right s- skill set for this team moving forward? That's ultimately what the, that, that athletic department has to decide. Uh, nine three one five. There was some question about does he have the the enough connections, right? Uh, where he's been at Utah State sure. pretty much his whole career. He did spend some time at uh, Vanderbilt, correct? Yeah, he did uh, for just a little bit, and then he's been back at Utah State. So by and large, his coaching career has been at Utah State. So there was a question: Would he have enough connections to build out a, a good coaching staff? And nine three one five brings up a good point. Polynesians are usually very connected in the football world. So he would have no problem with finding staff. I mean, that's that's very true. Yeah. And like I said, these guys are these coaches know each other. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They they know. Uh, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I think the Polynesian connection is very strong. Uh, but it's very strong with Utah. It's very strong with Sataki and BYU. Every every program here, every Division One program here, with Utah State, BYU, and Utah. Very well connected with Polynesians, in-states, and LDS. Yeah, very well connected it's in that regard. an important combination. But it's good to have that connection with those kids as well. Yeah. Uh, 9315 also texts in, I hope that USU basketball will play Smash Mouth basketball and beat BYU Oh, this my gosh. What a big game that is. BYU, by the way, has got a very tough schedule. So they got done playing on Saturday. They play USC tomorrow night or Wednesday night. Then they, have a, then they play UConn. I believe on Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday, travel back and then play us on Saturday at the Spectrum at seven o'clock. So that's they're going to be dog tired by the time they get to us, which is by all means fine by me. Craig Smith can get his first win over the Cougars uh, in three tries, so I'm cool with that. I really liked to see how Utah State evolved over this tournament. Didn't love how they played from the. About the last 10 minutes of the first game, 
the entire second game uh, was a struggle, but they really dialed it back up again and played more of that Gata attitude, Marco Anthony kind of imposing his will. Uh, Bean and Keta played a lot better. Um, uh, it, that, just going with the guys that you know you have. And, and Coach Smith had to try to figure out who did he have. It, it took a couple of games to figure it out. It's a, we thought it could be a very deep bench. Maybe it turns out it's a very short bench. But uh, this is going to be a really important week in the gym for the Aggies. Yeah. Now they've got some game tape. They've had game experience. This coaching staff now knows what uh, happens in the on, in, in the practice gym and how it translates to real in-game situations. So now they can start to make adjustments with their lineup. And no excuses this week. Honestly, none. You have no games until you play Saturday night versus BYU. BYU will play three games this excuse me, play three games this week going up to Utah State. And I think that third game's on Thursday night. You have no excuse not to be beating the BYU Cougars in this one. And it's at your place, by the way. None no, no excuse. If you lose this game, this will be a major this will be a black mark on Coach Smith's resume uh, in regards of on-court product. Is that the way to put it? I mean, not like off-the-court stuff, just on-court product. This would be a black mark on it. This is a game you should not be losing. No excuses. Uh, hey, speaking of Mountain West basketball, how about UNLV jumped up to a 13 to nothing lead over North Carolina? What? Yes, the 14th-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. Like women's basketball or is this men's? No, this, this can't is be men's. men's. They're playing each other right now, and they jumped up to a 13 to nothing lead. But North Carolina, as you would suspect, is getting their act together, and now <laughs> uh, it's 22 to 19 for UNLV. Did someone take a photo of the 13 nothing lead by chance, <laughs> just so we actually Just have capture that it yeah. really did happen? <laughs> wow, 13 nothing over the Tar Heel. Is that at North Carolina? Uh, I think this is being played, or is this a neutral court game? Yeah, this is a. Camping World Maui Invitational, but oh, I think it's being it's played be part in of that uh, Maui. Asheville. Okay, yeah, all right. Still. Asheville, North Carolina. Okay, Rebels. Well, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, the Mountain West, a couple of teams playing today in the Mountain West. Uh, Wyoming's hosting Texas Southern. Okay. Nevada is hosting Pacific. Fresno State was supposed to play UC Riverside, but that got postponed. Hey, did you see the whole New Mexico-Boise State situation for basketball? So New Mexico told, because they weren't allowed to practice for a long time because of the governor's issue and trying to find a place to play and so on and so forth, and they told the league, like, look, you can't have us play the first week of for conference play. Like, you got to allow us some time to get a couple games under our feet and to be able to play somebody else besides playing Boise State, who looks on paper to be maybe one of the best teams in the league. But then the league's like, nope, you're good, you're fine, go out, suck it up, and uh, good luck to you. And then it wasn't until today, and I mean, Eric, those games are supposed to start Thursday and Saturday. It wasn't until today where they're like, you know what, we've been thinking about it, and we don't think you guys should be playing on Thursday and Saturday because we feel like you've only got one week of practices underneath your feet. That's not good enough. So we've decided to do you guys a solid and allow you to – you know, we're going to postpone this. Dude, come on. Wake up. Ugh. I don't know. What a pain. I would uh, hate to be in New Mexico. I just, I feel so bad right for now. them and the New Mexico State team. I That sucks. That's such a tough spot to be in. Uh, Nevada has won their first two games, as has San Diego State. 
Fresno Boy. State won a game, but has had a few others canceled. How about the Aztecs over the Bruins? What yeah, a nice, what a show that nice was! Nice victory they put over on. UCLA. Oh, oh, oh. Feather in the cap for the Aztecs in the Mountain West. Air Force has gone one and one. Boise State's gone one and one. Boise played uh, Houston, which is a top twenty-five team. Uh, Utah State one and two, as we've detailed. Um, Colorado State, New Mexico, San Jose State, and UNLV. Well, I take the back. UNLV played Montana State. And got killed. Yeah, UNLV went over there and got and got blasted by Montana State. But then they're like, "Hey, it's the Tar Hills. We can beat these guys. Thirteen <laughs> nothing." Now, uh, what what what's the score? You said, did you say they're uh, up two? Twenty two nineteen. Last time I looked. All right, cool. We still have the lead. I still believe it's all tied up now. Actually. Son of a biscuit. Okay, well <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, Aggie men's basketball, now that we've seen three games, I know we talked a little bit about it on Friday after the win over Northern Iowa, um, and we talked about it with John Russell as well. Uh, I like what I see out of a, out of a lot of the guys. Raleigh Wooster's going to be really impressive. Uh, Wooster's got a great shot, good IQ, uh, can pass out of a double team quickly. Um, but, boy, I mean, some of these veteran guys have been honestly disappointing to me. Alfonso Anderson being one of them, they need to figure out their crap and soon if they want to be able to see the court more. Well, Alfonso only played four minutes in the game against Northern Iowa. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that probably tells you everything you need to know. Yep. Uh, that's too bad because they really need him. He's got the experience. He's got the size. He's got the skill set. Yes. So uh, I, maybe there's an injury. Maybe there's something nagging. I don't know. I, I hope he can get it figured out because the, the Aggies need him. With so many new faces and, and young and inexperienced players, they need these these experienced guys to really come through. And Justin Bean did that in Game 3. He had struggled in Games 1 and 2, but he came through in Game 3. Canada was probably the most consistent in this tournament for Utah State. He had eight blocks in the three games. He, I think he averaged a double-double when he averaged it all out. I know he had two games he had double-double. In one game he just, just missed it. Um, Marco Anthony improved as it went oh, on. Oh, I thought Marco was great on Friday. Uh, I think Raleigh Worcester impressed <clears throat> with his play, especially in game three. Uh, and you know what? Brock Miller was making some shots, and that's really important for him to hit those. When you've got Keta and Bean that can do what they do in the in the post, man, you really need somebody who can, has that threat to hit that outside shot. A legitimate threat. Yeah, le- yeah they're, they're, that's, that's what it is, a legitimate threat. I didn't see. Did we see Liam at all? McChesney? Not in game three. In game two, we saw a little bit of him, right? Uh, game one, we didn't see any of him. Liam's another one I'm kind of wondering about. I I've been here. I was hearing good things on him, and now I'm... McChesney played four minutes in game two. Yeah, <laughs> one rebound and one steal. Kind of wondering if we'll get to see him a little bit more, or is he uh, is he riding the pine? Is he is he buried too deep? Uh, who else did I see that was kind of Zapata, Zapata, whatever his name is? Uh, be he, another he, interesting one. To he see did not he, play in Game Three. He did not. Okay. No. Uh, your thoughts on Stephen Ashworth? We're seeing uh, he's another one of the newcomers. I like Stephen a lot. Had some I, good moments. Yeah. No, I've been impressed with Stephen. I think he's in control. He has IQ. Doesn't force anything. A lot of times he's coming down the court. He's looking ahead. He's, he has a vision of head of everything that's going on. Makes smart passes. Doesn't dribble too much. I love Raleigh. Don't get me wrong, but the whole like dribbling for twenty two seconds of a thirty five second shot clock doesn't like really get me going. 
I need a guy who's going to move the ball around. And Steven does that. He comes down the court. It's it's basic passes, nothing fancy. It's to the point. Uh, I've actually really, really liked Steven. You could see him getting some big minutes throughout the season, and I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Bearstow. Boy, he's uh, he doesn't seem to have made that yeah. step just yet. Uh, he, nah, he doesn't look comfortable. Really turnover prone. Hopefully he gets that together. Aggies need him. I and mean, with his size and his ability, that could be a real weapon. You but, can go real big with your point guard out there as big as he is. The turnovers have kind of surprised me too because they're more unforced than anything. A lot of his turnovers are on him. Not on, not no, not great defense, but just on him. Yeah, like and that traveling calls. Yeah, the traveling like call, yeah. I just, I don't know. I think he he needs to settle down, just play his game. Whatever he was doing last year, just do it again this year. Like you were getting major minutes as a freshman last year. Just do that. I mean, don't overthink it. And I and honestly, I could see. Was he playing the three? Do you know? I was. Or was he the two spot? No, I don't think he plays a three. He's either a one or a two. See, I think Stephen Ashford's taking his minutes away. I think right away. I think Stephen Ashford's been more impressive than. Bearstow has by a long ways in the first three games. Yeah, but he's only six one, so there's, he's going to be limited in what he can do sure. in other positions. Where yeah. Bearstow does have that combo guard situation that he can help you out with. But if you're going to if you're going to help your team win, then you're going to see minutes. If you're going to give opportunities to the other guys, you're not. Hey, speaking of major minutes, uh, last year Sam played. I mean, on average. 37 minutes, I believe, a game. Yeah, he rarely sat. Is Bean taking that role now? Do you see Bean playing heavy, heavy minutes now? Game in and game out? Uh, uh, potentially. This bench doesn't be... Yeah, it's not a consistent productive. bench. Yeah. If uh, Alfonso Anderson isn't more consistent. I, th- I see that as the most likely position that he you know gets subs- the, the substitution is for. Alfonso for Justin. Yeah, Alfonso's got a really, I mean, again, they're going to have a great chance to look good against a BYU team that might be a little bit more fatigued after they play three games and they have to come home and play the Aggies in Logan on Saturday night. But I, you have a chance to be able to, uh, to, show, off, uh, to show off to Craig Smith and the staff with good team play, smart decision-making, not turning over the ball, not taking bad, dumb shots. But playing in control and running the offense, and then playing sound defense. Yeah, no, that's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, they got a big challenge against the BYU coming up this week, uh, but it's going to be in Logan, and they're going to have a lot of time this week to kind of fine tune some things, some things that they learned. Yeah, plenty of time uh, over this uh, this past week. Hey, really quickly, the Boise State football team, after their cancellation with that big game against San Jose State, gosh dang it, I wish they would have played, uh, they'll resume practice tomorrow morning following results from Sunday's round of COVID-19. Per uh, That's per the university, so that's that's big for them. I really, really doggone wish they would have been able to play San Jose State, though. Yeah, that would have been a real barometer. But Nevada lost. So, I mean, yeah, San Jose State's one of the top two teams, and they control their own destiny. This is very true. Nevada lost at Hawaii. In fact, let's find out what else happened throughout the Mountain West with uh, this week in the Mountain West. Nate Kreckman here with your Mountain West two-minute drill recapping week six around the conference. Nevada with their unbeaten record on the line at Hawaii Saturday. But the Rainbow Warriors and their redshirt sophomore quarterback Shevin Cordero making plays all night at Aloha Stadium. Cordero's going to hand this off. Nope, he keeps it. 
Shevin Cordero fakes it to Miles Reed, holds onto it, and crosses the goal line. Touchdown, Hawaii. Bobby Curran with the call on ESPN Honolulu. Hawaii gets the win 24-21 to drop the Wolfpack to 5-1. Cordero throws for 246 yards and a touchdown, plus he rushes for 62 yards in that score to put it away in the fourth quarter. Give all the credit to that Hawaii defense. Nevada, the number one passing offense in the Mountain West coming in, but Carson Strong limited to just 168 yards through the air. The Rainbow Warriors now 3-3 this season. The other Saturday final, San Diego State falling 20-10 at Colorado. Tough day for the Aztec offense, playing without Lucas Johnson and Greg Bell. They managed all of 155 total yards, but as usual, the SDSU secondary came to play. Well, that's a pick six, perhaps. Darren Hall, yes he does. Well, Neuer got bit, and Darren Hall produces the first offense of the game for San Diego State. Audio courtesy of Pac-12 Network, pick six for Darren Hall. San Diego State falls to three and three. Friday night, Wyoming at UNLV, and the Cowboys' run game barrels past the Rebels. Second down, about 13. Here's Valaday. He's in the open. <laughs> Valaday. He's to the 30-yard line. He's to the 10. That's a touchdown, Cowboys. Dave Walsh from Learfield IMG College. Xavier Valaday with that 78-yard touchdown run. Wyoming rushes for 399 yards in total and wins big 45-14. And that's your Week 6 recap. I'm Nate Kreckman for the Mountain West Radio Network. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson and the Ringmaster. I, you know, Eric. Ajay Salveson. If I go to one more place and I hear, hey, it's the deflator. I'm coming after you. I'm coming to your house, and I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm toilet paper in your car. Just uh, make sure you have the right address. That's that log, oh, yeah. log cabin in uh, Newton. Could I? I have to add your uh, wonderful wife on Facebook to see if she'd be helpful and give me an address. Hey, so we've been talking about Utah State basketball. Yeah. And they have the three games that they played in South Dakota. We know they have BYU coming up this weekend. They don't have very many non-conference games before conference play begins. My thought is, with so many new guys, this this they need a higher uh, volume yeah. of games played I'm so with you before on that. they get into conference play. I agree. Uh, and I'm sure <laughs> games will probably still get added. But what we do know, what Utah State themselves, what they have published, what they've announced, BYU on December 5th, Dixie State on December 15th. 15th, yep. And then San Jose State on the 21st and 23rd. So you got conference play getting it. So you got seven days till BYU, or now five days. Then you've got 10 days till Dixie State. And then you've got six days till you start San Jose State. You've got to be able to find room for non-conference games here. Because now you've played 23, 24, 25. So you got two more spots for non-conference games. Now, interestingly enough, I was doing some research on this, Eric. Utah State says on the 15th that they play Dixie State. And then San Jose State's on the 21st. Weber State men's basketball website. Because I was like, why aren't we playing the Wildcats? Randy Ray and that squad, it's fun. It's an in-state thing. You can just drive a bus and get there. You don't need to stay overnight. Boom, shakalaka. 
So I go to the Weber State Wildcat website, and it says November 25th against Adams State, December 8th against Westminster, and December 12th at Utah State. The night of the Colorado State-Utah State football game is Weber State at Utah State. So are we playing them or not? That's what I want to know. Why? And if they have it on their website, why don't we have it on our schedule then? We don't, well, and by, and by Dixie way, we State and BYU the, made their announcements yeah, that and they were coming to Logan. Out. Yeah, well, that's how we found out too, right? Because yeah. Dixie State's like, hey, we're coming to Utah State. We're like, well, oh, this hey, is look. our non-conference schedule. Hey, they've got Utah State on there. And BYU, same thing. Hey, well, look at that. They've got Utah State. And then I look on the here. Yeah, Aggies were radio silent. Like, we're still waiting for a non-conference schedule. I know things are like kind of flux right now and a little bit fluid, but heavens gracious, help us out a little bit. Throw us a bone. Yeah, it says Weber State at Utah State on December 12th. Well, actually, it says versus Utah State, the one I'm looking at. So that would be in Ogden. Okay, the one I'm looking at says... I'm at their website, WeberStateSports.com. Yep, I'm there too. The men's basketball, and I've clicked on schedule. Schedule slash results. Oh, okay. I was looking at something else that had it at Utah State. So, yeah, okay. It would be home. So, it says that this indicates it would be in Ogden on December 12th. The time is not announced. I'd imagine that's going to be a night game. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're going to play that at night. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Uh, their game against Dixie State got canceled. I didn't know that. Anyway. It's on Weber's schedule. We haven't heard it about on Utah State's. Uh, quickly, here's what uh, a recap of what happened over the weekend with our pick six. AJ, ready for this? Mm-hmm. Boise State over San Jose State doesn't matter. It got canceled, unfortunately. I was really looking forward to that matchup in the Mountain West. So neither one of us got any points there. Uh, Carson Strong passing yards at Hawaii. Nevada at Hawaii it was an interesting game. It was close. It was Hawaii picked up the win. But we thought he'd have another strong passing game, and uh, we set the line at 325 and a half. We both took the over. He only had 168 yards. Uh, Alabama over Auburn, the Iron Bowl. Uh, Alabama was a strong favorite to win it. Uh, the line was at 24 and a half. We thought it would be a closer game than that. We both took the under. Actually, they beat him by 29, 42 to 13. Steve Sarkeesian is the interim head coach for Alabama. Looked good. You talked to me in all this crap. I'm so angry at you. <laughs> Combined passing yards of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. It was Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. And uh, set the line at 550 and a half. We both took the under. It went way over. 807. I told you. I told you we should have took the over, and you wouldn't believe me. Well, you sh- If you should have taken the over, you should have taken the over. You told me that it would be under. I did not tell you. I never tell you how to make your picks. <laughs> you it's all up to you. That's such baloney. Washington over Utah. The line was set for as Washington as 7.5 point uh, favorites over the Utes. Uh, we both took the under on that, and uh, we got that right. It was 24-21 for Washington, but yeah, Utah that? should have won that game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's we both have one there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers touchdowns versus Chicago was at the line at three and a half. Well, he had a field day. He actually had four touchdowns against the Bears. We both took the over. So, Ajay, we were both two and two here. Um, and uh, so it comes down to the tiebreaker. What was going to be the final score? Who would win between Kansas City and Tampa Bay? The final score was Kansas City 27 to 24. You picked Tampa 27 to 24, which is the right score, 
just the wrong team. I picked Kansas City 31 to 27. That is such a bad so beat. I picked, that is such a bad beat, man. I win pick I six. I picked the right score, but get the dang opponent wrong. That is I should actually that should be called a tie. Because <laughs> I? I picked the exact score. No, you picked the wrong team. No, but I picked the exact Part of the whole That's experience amazing. is picking That's the right That's incredible that a Chiefs Buccaneers game and I picked the right score. You have to pick the right outcome. No, but that, okay, but you should give me like a mulligan because I picked the right score. How many times does that happen? So let's call it a tie. Uh, but I I got the score I won right. The tiebreaker. But you got the opponent right. I got it right. I win again. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Great show today. Yeah. Great interaction from from the audience. Always love having the interaction. It's awesome. Uh, 9315 texts in, what games can the ringmaster pass along? Some games they can play to John. Please help us out, ringmaster. (laughs) I don't know if John takes my opinion too high in regard. I am just a bottom of the totem pole guy, um, both here and there. But, uh, I mean, Dixie State, I think, is a good game. I think Weber State would be a great game. If you can get Weber State to work and come through, I think that gives you 26 games out of the 27 max. I think you're all right after that. Yeah, I think if they get this Weber State game on the schedule, as Weber State has said they have, um, I mean, your your games are in-state. You're not traveling anywhere. And they're against decent opponents. Uh, maybe one more game, maybe like in Idaho State or I'd something like that. I'd like to like see that. Utah grow a pair every Southern now and then Utah. and maybe want to play Utah with us. Utah would be great. No, Utah ain't going to do it. They don't have the guts. I think they just need one more. If they if they truly do have Utah uh, Weber State on the schedule, I think that covers it. One more right. would be great. Yep, and Absolutely. then they get right into conference play where it really matters the most. Hey, great show, everybody! Appreciate the feedback. Have a great night. We'll see you back here again on Tuesday.